0: A Rich Tradition College Football Podcast is now live. Hello, Podcast Land, and welcome to a Rich Tradition College Football Podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Pole. two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, how are you after week two? Man, Saturday was awesome.
1: Just it really was. <clears throat> there were good games all day long at some time slot. Like you may not have thought that it was going to be a good game going in,
0: but it ended up being good games. I mean, well, and two, there was important things happening. Obviously, the <clears throat> uh, Ohio State and uh, Cincinnati game didn't turn out to be much, but it was still important to see Justin Fields kind of take mm-hmm. a another step into the into the water. Uh, they're against a, a a much better defense than the one he faced in week one.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, <clears throat> it was also interesting to see, you know, the USC Stanford game where you think that Stanford is probably going to handle business and win, especially when they get up like seventeen three, and then the freshman in the second half just turns it on and they have like a forty two and six run. Yeah, the to... best
0: kept secret in college football is the is that quarterback for for yeah. uh, for USC and it just it just smells a little bit like 2015
1: or 2016 for Clay Helton where he's coming into the year on the hot seat and his player gets hurt in the first his quarterback gets hurt in the first or second game of the season and a young quarterback named Sam Darnold comes in and leads him to the Rose Bowl and now I'm not saying JT Daniels wasn't that dude but now we've got this other freshman who comes in and the offense just looks completely different and it looks just—it looks incredible, and it, it goes back to probably what you and I were saying last week that Stanford was—that was a fake win by Stanford, but regardless, it was still impressive to beat a team that badly the way they did.
0: Yeah, for sure, and and with the freshman, I mean, it was freshman quarterbacks kind of dueling against one another uh, there at at least once the once the young guy came in for uh, USC, and I can't recall his name, but um, nonetheless. I mean, it turned into a freshman battle, and and uh, USC was able to uh, was able to win it, pull away kind of a little later on in the game.
1: Yeah. So, do you want me to go <clears throat> before we do our overreactions? You may quickly go through our wins from last week. Our picks.
0: Yes. Results. Okay.
1: We both missed on the Nebraska uh, Colorado game. Um, thank you, Nebraska, for blowing a three score lead. Um,
0: again.
1: Yeah. Again. I guess uh, not
0: again. But they struggled with South Alabama. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I hit on Maryland. Against Syracuse, oh boy, did I hit on Maryland. I can't wait to share my overreaction for them. Um, we both got Ohio State right. We both got Miami wrong. We both got Stanford wrong. I hit on Clemson over Texas A&M. You picked Texas A&M, and then we both hit on LSU.
0: Yes, we did. Yeah. All right. uh, overreactions. I'll let you start. Uh, The rest of the ACC will cost Clemson the number one spot at the end of the year. Oh, that's a good one. And that's like, that's possible. That's 100% possible. There's at least, yeah, there's at least a chance that that happens. Because at least at this very moment, Virginia's the only other team outside of Clemson that you really trust. How far do you really want to take your hype and excitement for north carolina and boston college i'm probably taking north carolina a little further but ultimately you know how far are you really going to take them as being you know um props for the overall image of the of the conference
1: yeah man like i'm i'm sitting here looking at uh oh my gosh how did i lose track of thought oh
0: my gosh. That's, a, that's a big old head there's a lot of room Oh, lots, of things, <laughs> lots of things floating around there super long day, okay, here we go um at the end of the <clears throat> at the end of the
1: season, we could legitimately be looking at only two teams being ranked from the a c c Virginia and Clemson, and I honestly think after this after this weekend, is that where we're at? Oh my gosh i, I want to look at the rankings right now. yeah, uh, it might
0: be because Syracuse is out. Virginia's yeah. the only other team in uh Clemson. Virginia's 25, and that's it, yeah. That's
1: it, yeah. <clears throat> and it, you know what? And honestly should probably stay that way for the foreseeable future. We've got Miami 0-2 since the first time since, like, 1967. We've got FSU, who can't apparently line up correctly um, as a wide receiver and struggled against Louisiana Monroe. And then it's so funny. Willie Taggart said, you know, our defense just made plays when they had to to win the game. Dude, Louisiana Monroe missed a field goal to tie the game.
0: Yeah, I don't know – uh... His press conferences
1: you, yeah. suck. Like he is horrible after these games.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how much longer he lasts just from a just from a a standpoint of like how well he puts on the administrator administration hat or the political hat or whatever you want to call it in terms of like coming out and saying all the right things. Like he needs to go back to school for that cuz he, he doesn't seem to there seems to be a a slip-up there every time he gets in front of the microphone here as of late. And maybe some of that's just because FSU is so sensitive right now and everything around FSU is so sensitive but uh, because they're losing. But ultimately, it, it seems like he needs to – they need to take the microphone away from him. Let me really ask
1: you tap- – tra- go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, let me, let me ask you a big question of the day. And this is the question that everyone's asking, them, asking on the radio and on podcasts, but I think it's a very valid question. Which one's the worst situation to be in right now? FSU, Miami, or Tennessee?
0: That's a really good that. That's a good one. Um, I don't think it's Miami because I think you're still as a first-year coach there for Manny yep. Diaz, and there's uh, some some room there for mistakes.
1: I mean, my answer is Tennessee.
0: Yeah, it, and I think you can make the argument for either one. I don't know if there's a right answer. I think it's 1A and 1B. You know, it's it. They're both equally as bad because similar things are are stirring up in in both spots. Willie Taggart, like we mentioned, can't stand in front of the microphone correctly, and you know Jeremy Pruitt in that group.
1: Did you hear his press conference today? I didn't know. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. He makes I understand what he's saying. I I, I get it. I'm not belittling that, but he says that. He was making reference to the Titanic, the movie.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, I do. I did read this. Yes.
1: And he and he says, you know, you remember all of them? I can't remember what word he used, what noun he uses to describe them. But all those nice. critters, all those mice, who go to the top of go to the top of the boat whenever the 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 boat first hits the iceberg, and they flee as quickly as they can. And you know, we've had some players leave, and you know, they, they don't want to be Tennessee Vols. And we're gonna sit here and we're gonna we're gonna see through, see things through because I want to be of all and I want people here who want to be of all and we're going to have the best players possible here at the University of Tennessee. First of all, Jeremy Pruitt. First of all, two weeks in a row, you blew a lead at home to a far far inferior opponent. Two, you got dominated in the second half once again by the inferior opponent. Three, don't make reference to the Titanic whenever you're trying to defend your program when the Titanic is a story about a boat sinking. <laughs> Which, by the way, it sank because of its stubborn leader and director, i.e. you, the head coach. <laughs> Number four, Jared Garantano is horrible and has not progr- – has regressed in a really bad way that I did not expect coming into this year. Number five. I want to echo what I said last week. You possibly have the most expensive college coaching uh, cabinet in college football, and you've just lost to Georgia State and BYU, and you may possibly go two and ten this season with how well you've played.
0: Mm. You got to.
1: Uh, would you like to get back on uh, on track with the overreactions or? Oh my bad. Okay, here's my overreaction. It is Tennessee related. Jeremy Pruitt okay. will be fired by the end of the season.
0: How how much of an overreaction do you do you consider that cuz at this point that feels like something that's really going to happen. Like I know with the with the Clemson thing or with the ACC costing Clemson the number 1 spot, you know, there's still a lot left to there's a lot of season left to go and you know, a lot of factors are still up in the air and the same thing for Pruitt, but at this point the way the how much of an overreaction do you think that's considered throughout i feel like there's a lot of people who think that, that you know this what? is going I, I in that like direction. this game
1: i like this game what we should do start doing moving forward is and we're doing this on the fly when the overreaction is given the other person has to give a percentage of how much an over or you know overreaction that really is okay
0: yeah yeah okay so, so.
1: what would what would be your percentage of that that is 100% being no that is not an overreaction that could possibly happen and 0 being shut up that's ridiculous
0: yeah, okay. So I think for that one we're I'll be safe in, you know, 75%. Mm.
1: That
0: that's, okay. that that's reasonable right now. Cuz what yep. are the next couple of games for Tennessee right now? Um I mean, they they've got Chattanooga next week, which is going to be one win should be one win. And then yeah, they've they, got a slate of the SEC East games.
1: <laughs> Flor- they have Florida, they have Florida then a bye week, then Georgia, and watch, they'll play their best freaking game of the season against Georgia. Just watch. It'll just it's just bound to happen because it'll bye week. Then they play. Then they play Mississippi State. Then they play at Bama. Then play South Carolina. Then they play UAB. Then at Kentucky. At Mizzou. Finish with Andy.
0: Yeah, there's two wins in there right now, for how they're playing. Two wins, two and ten. Yeah, like you said, that's very reasonable.
1: All right, your next overreaction.
0: Ryan Halinski will win the offensive rookie of the year uh, in the SEC after one game. Two hundred and eighty-two yards, eighty percent pass completion, two touchdowns, and I think a rushing touchdown, in a win over Charleston Southern, the big bad boys in Charleston Southern.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty-five percent. Okay, because I do. I do think he's really good, but I need to see it against a a decent opponent.
0: Right, and the and that schedule is gonna
1: be brutal. Oh, it get, it gets bad quick for them. Um, okay, right, where you at? Number two. Mine. Maryland is going to be the one that at, Maryland will be the one to win the west in the in the Big 10.
0: Maryland plays in the east mm-hmm. with Ohio
1: State and Michigan. I I I apologize. I did mean to say east. Maryland will win the east mm. in the
0: Big 10. <laughs> well, I wish that we were sitting in front of one another because that's also awesome my other overreaction is that Maryland will win the east. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's right here. I've got it written right here in front of me. Okay. Um I mean it's are, a huge overreaction because there's still Michigan State. There's still yes. Michigan and there's still Michigan State Michigan Ohio State's State. defense lo- Michigan State's defense looks gross. Ohio
1: yeah. State Ohio State looks awesome against incredibly subpar talent. Mi- Michigan may be in serious trouble. Um, Penn State may be a sleeping giant ready to crush somebody, but and look, I understand that Maryland has just played two games, Howard and now Syracuse and Syracuse may not be as good as everyone thought coming into the season. However, they beat Syracuse a good team by 40 plus points. They look fast. They have a they have a good quarterback who seems healthy, who seems strong. They have a great offensive mind. A lot, apparently, Loxley is winning the debate, the uh, the back and forth with Gaddis now. Um, but the thing that impresses me most about Maryland is, <clears throat> excuse me, twenty four seven Sports put together a what they call a team composite, which means what they've done is they've taken all the the recruiting stats by the stars. Um, by, by the star rankings and the transfers and all of that, and they've put it together to um, uh, to build a composite list of every team talent-wise. Clint, or Maryland ranks 26th in their composite. 26th, that means they have the 26th best roster on paper in the country. Syracuse mm-hmm. has the 52nd. You and I have talked about Maryland for three years now of that they have talent, the problem is is they can't keep their quarterback healthy because there was there was like I think it was like 3 years ago they beat the brakes off Texas but then they lost three straight
0: quarterbacks of the next 2 weeks after that and, yeah, and it, it felt like that same quarterback conundrum had been their their story for 4 or 5 years straight. Yes, 100%. And
1: so I am I'm looking at I'm looking at this Maryland team seriously thinking like do they may be freaking legit and I don't mean like Okay, they're going to the playoff. That's not what I mean here, folks. What I mean is they may
0: actually be competitive against any team they play this year. Well, I think it's reasonable to say, yeah, they'll be competitive against any team that they play. Um, but it's finishing those games, and and it, I think it all starts and stops. And here's an overreaction: is uh, is the running back the best running back in the country? There's an overreaction for you. Um, oh, he's so fast, McFarland. God, he's so fast, Anthony. and he and. And he
1: showed that speed last year against Ohio State on those three huge runs that he had. Yep. Um. You know, so so your over, my reaction is Maryland based, and so is yours. So you go one. You've got one more, and then I'll finish. I oh, know that was it. Oh, that, that's your last word. Okay, yours. Uh, what do you give mine? That Maryland. What's the percentage you give mine? Well, we both have the same.
0: We both had the same one. That that balance. Okay. Well, then your running back one. Your running back one. I'm
1: going to say is a good 60, 65 percent, because I don't know many running backs that are faster than him, um, or at least that I've seen. Um, my right. last, my last one, is that LSU is going to win the West and play Georgia in
0: the SEC title. Yeah, I think that's another 75 percent chance of that happening um and maybe not 75 maybe that's a little further back to you know 65 or 60 because I mean it's still Alabama you still got to go through you know uh Ric Flair you know you got to beat the man you got to beat the man to be the man so um that's still them and you know they can have slow starts here and they're having those slow starts against teams that they can afford to do that against and Nick will get all that stuff straightened out. That's why you play those games. That's why Nick would tell you you play those games is because that's where you go to clean up uh, stupid little things and organizational things and clock things. And, you know, whatever it else it is, that's what you do in games against Duke. And that's what you do in games against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, you're, you're supposed to just be working on you and working on the fundamentals of kind of getting on and off the field and substitutions and all that stuff is supposed to be right in those games. So um while I like LSU a lot and we can go straight to that game if you yes. want. Yes. I like LSU a lot. Um and I think their offense is great, but you still got to go to the you still got to go to the Big House. You still got to take out uh the Daddy Mac and that's uh Nick Saban. Well, Here's
1: my thing about LSU because I am a. I think both things can be true, and and please, uh, uh, just to talk about this game. This game was probably one of the more enjoyable games of the day. It was a lot of fun. Um, I believe LSU is really really good. I believe that their offense is better than it has been in a long time. Long but, times
0: that mittenberger. Yeah,
1: yeah, but at the same time, I am concerned that we may be overreacting to them being world beaters. With the f- when we take in consideration that Texas was returning only two starters on that defense, along with they had literally their second string running back was a former quarterback, their third string running back was a former linebacker, both on the team as quarterback and linebacker who moved to running back. So, yeah, so this t- so Texas was not full health. And and again, I'm I'm that is not me taking away from LSU. Th- that is me just stay, stating moving forward, we may need to just pay attention to how really good is LSU, because I remember a story about four years ago, where Texas beat Notre Dame on the big stage, and Joe Tessa Joe Tessitore had his infamous statement: "Texas is back, folks." And next thing we know, Notre Dame goes four four and six that year, and Texas ends up going six and six.
0: Yeah. So so I'm just saying – And that was the opening week? That was like opening weekend, wasn't it? it? I think it was that or the second week of the season, one the two. <laughs> but, and so it was early in the year just like it is yes. now. So, I mean, yeah, that's 100%. still definitely a part of the conversation that this is only two games in. We still don't know everything we were going to learn about uh, Texas, and we still don't know everything we've got to learn about LSU or uh, every other team in the country as well. So I think – the next at least the next two Mondays will continue to be sort of you know, major overreaction territory because we still don't know a lot about uh, about every team,
1: yeah. and and so, look, it was it was a great game that that throw on third and seventeen to seal the deal against texas, where where Joe Burrow throws the touchdown pass across the middle and he just sprints down the sidelines to to put the game away. Um, was a thing of beauty, especially with as he Looping steps to his in, left. Yeah, as he he steps into the potential sack and throws throws it. It, it was a thing of beauty. You, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. That was a thing of beauty. Um, and so I'm I'm really I'm really happy to see this kind of LSU team. But again, I just I need to see I need to see this week in and week out. And so um, let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. That they get a lot of players. That they get a lot of teams at home. Um, but they've got to go to Bama, like you said, you know. Um, so, but the next couple weeks for LSU is going to be a cakewalk. So we won't really see them tested, and probably until
0: they play Florida, which which will be a good matchup. Well, yeah, and, and going back to kind of the point with with uh, you know from Nick Saban that this is going to be a lot of time to fine tune things and figure out what's working and what doesn't work, and eliminate some plays and get carries for you know some of your running backs that maybe the run game hasn't been super great over these last two games. So you know you start working on that and you know all those all those kind of cakewalk games are opportunities to work on yourself so there's no telling what kind of um powering up if you will uh, LSU could do during that period of time yeah but i enjoyed the game too i kind of felt like sam ellinger was not the same quarterback in the first half that he was in the second half i think he went to the halftime you know 9 of 19 might have been his 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 numbers after halftime so you know, he wasn't the same guy in the first half. And of course, I think they went to halftime down 20 to seven, which looks a lot worse than it actually is. Then they come back and have that 19 play, uh, 86 yard drive that took seven minutes off the clock, that took a full half off the clock, a uh, half of a quarter off the clock. And then that's where things started to turn around. But um, I like Sam Ellinger. I know a lot of other people around the country do too. And I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's the second coming of Tim Tebow though, like some people like to make him out to be. Um, and the first half of the game is kind of where I'm I'm leaning with that, but ultimately there's still a lot of time left to play, so I mean he could prove all that wrong. But um I was impressed with the game. I was impressed with Joe Burrow. Sam Ellinger finished it strong and that's always important, but I was I was um I kind of walked away thinking he's he's really, really good, but he's not Superman.
1: Yeah. You know, you and I over the offseason, we teased about uh, CBS Sports' Barton Simmons, who has been just all about this guy. Um, th- like the exact words were, I believe this guy can win the Heisman coming into this year. And there are people who who, who, feel, who felt that way. And, and, and I'm sorry, but I just do not – after just two games, I understand that's a small sample size. After two games, I just don't think – I don't think he can throw the ball that well. I just don't. I, I think he can. I think he can run well when he has a when he has a running back who can complement him, which he doesn't have. And I, I think he needs a lot of help around him. And just you know, not you. You didn't do this, but there are people who gave me a hard time because I put so much stock into Jordan Humphreys and what he did for what he did for um Texas last year, and the fact that he was that third down back, or third down target every time. And they don't have that now. They do not have a third-down target that they can go to constantly. And it is just by sheer, sheer will willpower that they were able to keep the game close because LSU could have blown the doors off that game if one or two catches get made by LSU receiver. So I, I like Sam Ellinger. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's trash. That is dumb to say those things. But I, I just also at the same time don't think he's this world beater that, like you said, people made him out to be.
0: For sure. Um, anything else for LSU-Texas? No. Uh, apparently apparently the, uh, the, the air conditioning didn't work, and now the, the air conditioning didn't work in the visiting locker room. It was 110 degrees on the field. That might have been why we saw a shootout because players were gassed on defense. Um, and then uh, 98 degrees in the locker rooms. Apparently Ed Orgeron was tipped off to this by Louisiana Tech who had just played against texas and they brought i guess some sort of like um you know giant fans with them or something like that blowers is what it was called in the article but uh you know texas came out today and said this is the first we're hearing of that and you know there's we've not heard any complaints about the visiting locker room and yada 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 so it almost sounds like texas was uh was uh was taking sort of a a low shot there to try to I spend that spend the game in their favor. At least from the headlines that we've been given that is a picture that is at least trying to be painted.
1: Yeah, I I've I have dot done a lot of research on this. So this is kind of the first time me hearing them about this. Um okay. Like I mean I I'm not a fan of uh the Texas head coach. I've made that very clear. I've made yes. that very uh, so so her, um Tom Herman is not one of my favorite people in the world. And so if this is true, if it is accurate, that doesn't surprise me because I think Tom Herman's um, a punk. So um, I think I could take him in a fight. I just want to say that out loud. Um, yeah.
0: Um, Cle- so go ahead. Clemson, Texas A&M. Yeah, man. Um, 298 what a- <laughs> total yards of offense for Texas A&M. What a lackluster game. You know, like yeah, just kind of felt flat. That's a good way to to, to describe it. Just kind of felt flat.
1: Never once did I have never once did I doubt Clemson was going to win the game. Uh, I I told you this on the phone. I think it was yesterday or s- Saturday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, I felt that Mond looked incredible on that first drive, and then on the on when they got to Clemson side of the ball, something happens where he gets tackled and hits his head, or he just he takes a hits. You know, and, and he takes a weird hit, and just for the rest of the game, he was off. He just was not himself. And, uh, you know, then we find out that their running back. Um, uh, Deshaun Corbin's out for the year. Um, Texas A&M's defense kept them in this game, but Texas A&M's offense just hurt them so bad.
0: Yeah, 398 <clears throat> yards of total offense on 68 plays for, uh, for Clemson. They ran the ball for 268 yards, and Trevor Lawrence – Threw it for 268 yards, but I guess some of the – no, excuse me. I'm sorry. They ran it for 121 yards. I'm sorry. I knew that math wasn't adding up right. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, they held held them fairly tight when it came to running the ball. Travis Etienne was 16 carries for 60 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So, I mean – um. This, I mean, yeah, Texas A&M's defense was right there. They just they didn't have anything offensively. Whether it was Kellen Mond, you know, banged up his own. Uh, the obviously the the running back group was banged up a little bit. Uh, Deshaun Corbin had 13 carries for just 2.6 yards per uh, per per touch. So, um, I mean, this Clemson team is going to be for real, and they may have to just methodically sit on people like this from time to time. And you know, I guess it's a benefit that they know they can do it.
1: Well, I I do want to okay, so yes, you said everything that needs to be said about the game. I want to talk about uh, uh, two things, bigger picture. One, Clemson's going to probably have the easiest road in a long time that someone's had to 12 and 0. Um with with their schedule. Um 13 and 0 probably. Uh, Why well, I I think maybe Virginia could give them a game. The second thing is something that I, I I I didn't listen to my friend um who said this before the season started because I just thought he was being ridiculous. And now after two weeks, I may be starting to agree with him. Um, Trevor Lawrence is incredible. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He he's a great quarterback. But I think right now he may be taking for granted his receivers because there are numerous times in that Texas A&M game where Heath just throws the ball up to Ross or um, Higgins into single or double coverage, and those guys just come down with the ball because they're that good. But I just have a feeling that if he does that, if if he continues that trend, they're going to face a team who has really good DBs who may take advantage of that, and and that's just something I'm I'm again I'm not mention, I'm not saying the demise of Trevor Lawrence he's probably going to win the freaking Heisman but I'm just it's just something that I've been noticing and I just wanted to throw that out there into the stratosphere,
0: Johnny Manziel style just tossing things up. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, or Do you have any idea what I'm I, – I, I don't know if I was able to watch enough of the game to to catch that trend. I can go back and look. Um, I mean, he was 24 of 35 for 268 yards and a touchdown. I know that's not what you're talking about. But, um, yes, it can get – it can be bothersome because I think this is what I was talking about with, with Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M because Johnny would do that. Johnny would scramble around – he'd have all that stuff in the backfield and then he'd just throw one up to Evans. And because Evans is bigger than everybody, he'd go up and grab it. And it looks like it's this big, great completion. Well, it was, it was really a, it was a a lobbed up throw and it was a great catch by the receiver. Um, yeah, you don't want to live in, you don't want to live on that. That's, uh, you want to be able to, to make your reads and throw your routes. And, um, and this could just be, you know, the sophomore being a sophomore right now and kind of getting away with some things. But, um, I don't at, – at this point, I know you're not saying this, but at this point, it's nothing to worry about. No, it's not. But yeah, you you definitely don't want to continue that, and they won't have – they probably won't have to going forward. North Carolina might be their toughest next test. Syracuse might be a tough test. South Carolina, maybe, maybe, but probably not. Um, so there'll be plenty of opportunity to work on, on those sorts yeah. of things. And
1: again, you know what? We'll move on. Okay. Um, yeah, let's – Let's let's talk about Michigan, man. Okay, I want to go to the Big Ten. Let's talk about Michigan really quickly, and I want to talk about Maryland. We've already talked about Maryland. I want to talk about Michigan and the huge glaring problem that Michigan may be having. And what is that? Their O-line is bad. Their O-line is bad. Um, We knew that Army was going to try to hold on to the ball like they did against Oklahoma, but the fact that Army is a... Hey, let's not throw the ball on the one yard line and then throw interception away from winning this game. Like, if they just run the ball, they probably score there and they put the game away because they were up seven when that happened. The, I don't know. I know you probably didn't get to watch this game, but Spencer, Michigan is in trouble. And you and I talked about this in the offseason that Josh, we thought Josh Gaddis may be the problem solver. May maybe the the you know the problem solver because Harbaugh is handing the play calling over to him. But now I'm more and more and I and I know some people said this, but now I'm starting to buy in more and more that this was not a good thing, most importantly, because Gattis has never freaking called plays before. And right. it it's showing tr- and Shea Patterson just may not be that guy that we thought he was, which I'm fully ready to admit to that. They they have they're just their offense looks awful. Their defense is okay, but dude, their O-line is trash. Well when Army you have to be on the field sacks. is
0: yeah, four sacks. Shea Patterson was sacked four times.
1: Like and how then two point
0: four yards per carry.
1: Good gosh, man. That's that's high school numbers. That is high school numbers. 2.4 yards a carry. Well and people have been screaming for Jim Harbaugh's head. I mean, dude, and, and like I told you earlier in this podcast. Michigan State. Michigan Michigan State's defense is incredible. Like they're not just good, they are incredible. And that game with Michigan Michigan State is going to end up probably being a lot better than we think, just by the sheer fact that Michigan State's defense is so nasty. And I I, I don't know, man. I'm I, Michigan is the team that what what you and I've always talked about with Iowa a few years ago, with Miami a couple years ago. And Florida last year, this fake undefeated—it's a fake undefeated man. Like they—they are—they're just biding their time, and they're—they're they're gonna lose, and they're gonna probably lose multiple games. But then, because of the Big Ten, they'll—they'll they'll lose to freaking Furman or something like that, and they'll turn around and beat Ohio State by forty, because that's just the way that the Big Ten works.
0: Well, yeah, and it kind of goes back again. They'll have a bye week coming up this week, and, you know, you have time to work on things. And if there is a deficiency on the offensive line, which there very well could be according to some recruiting stuff, you know, it doesn't necessarily look like they've got a a tremendously well-rated offensive line from that perspective. And so, I mean, if there is trouble there, then they have, you know, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, they've got time to work on it. But you've got to play Wisconsin on the 21st. And speaking of difficult teams and difficult fronts to face against, they're yeah, gross. I mean, <laughs> I mean at so Wisconsin, gross. they're 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 on a shutout right now. They haven't I mean, given up a single point. They have. Yeah, I mean, Michigan could points. be in trouble, and everybody who's been screaming for Jim Harbaugh is going to laugh in the face of those of us, me included, who have been um singing his praises. It's. It, I mean, an Army was a good team last year. They were, you know, they had ten wins, yep. but to perform with four sacks, two point four yards per carry, and that's kind of supposed to be your identity. Is is running the ball and being effective, and you know, with 17 tight ends on the field, and you know, you know, smash mouth football, you know, you would think that the offensive line is taken care of first and foremost, um, and it doesn't look like it is right now, at least from from yesterday's game. And again, Army was good. This is not to take anything away from Army, but you're Michigan. You're supposed to be right there, and this may be the regi- the uh, the residual effects, if I'm saying that word correctly. Uh, from you know just being let down last year, there may be an Ohio State hangover right now for this Michigan team that they're just they're in a funk because last year did not end the way it was supposed to. You're supposed to beat Ohio State at that moment. They're vulnerable. You were supposed to take that from them, and then you know you know there's no telling where the season goes from there. But now you're here, a loss to Florida and a loss to them, and and now you're you're here. You just you're in a haze. So here's just some background of Army. Army beat
1: Rice week 1, 14 to 7. Rice lost to Wake 41-21 this past week. Like I I just I'm, I'm 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 putting Defcon 1 man on Michigan. They may have a bye week, but they have they have Wisconsin next week and I or in, yeah, next week and I I just the way we've seen Wisconsin play I mean, they could end up being suspect as well, but right now, I'm I'm picking Wisconsin huge in that game. Um, uh, I just want to take a quick second because I I don't know what other games we could take the time to uh, break down, but just the Georgia game really quickly because we are Georgia fans. I just want to say this: yes, they beat the crap out of Murray State. It was it was a, a good showing all around. The thing that I'm most impressed with, um, from James Coley, uh, the offense coordinator, is last year it seemed that Jim Cheney focused on three. Three, three studs. He would only get the ball. He would only try to get the ball to three different players at a time uh, in a game. He would just kind of rotate on those three. It would usually be Holloman, the running back, and maybe Godwin um, or Hardman, uh, just depending on the day. Coley has made a huge focus on getting everyone the ball in space. He he is doing a lot of crossing routes. He is throwing to the tight end in the middle of the field. He is getting James Cook the ball on on the flats and letting him just kind of use his speed to his advantage. I'm not saying this is Georgia gonna go to win the title. I'm not saying that Georgia is gonna go undefeated. I'm not saying any of those things. As a fan of Georgia, it was just it was just positive to see play calling that gives everyone the ball and not just the same three players like we've seen for three years now.
0: Yeah, and and two, I think there were seven or eight guys that had carries. Ah, uh, in the ball game, and not anybody. We had a white running back. Over, man,
1: we got another huh. white running back. Run the ball, baby.
0: What's up? And and not one of those running backs took more than nine carries in this game. Um, uh, Kenny McIntosh had nine. So and Zamir White had eight. So he's
1: averaging nine yards a carry. Just want to point that out. So right. You know
0: but the, I guess the point I'm getting to is that we're not overworking anybody. and That's the other benefit of spreading the ball around. You're not overworking anybody into week two. You know that games against Florida and games against Auburn and Texas A&M, you're going to have to lean on DeAndre Swift a little bit more. And so, you know, you're not wearing anybody out. Um, Jake was 10 of 11, and and you saw Stetson Bennett doing uh, a good bit of the – you know, there were moments where you looked like the Clemson offense or the Ohio State offense where you're throwing those screens and you're letting Dominic Blaylock, you know – Catch the ball and then run after the catch and score touchdowns and, and you're watching other guys get an opportunity to do that. George Pickens, so, baby, yeah and and then George Pickens down the field is is a lot of fun. De'Andre, uh Robertson down the field, Demetrius Robertson down the field is uh, is a is a lot of fun. So yes, I, I agree. Spreading the ball around, being multiple, being uh, somewhat creative is you know that's that's a lot of fun. And then five sacks, six total sacks. From the defensive front, we didn't create a lot of uh, – the Georgia Bulldogs didn't create a lot of havoc last year, six sacks. Uh, that's, a, that's a really, really good spot to start when it comes to, uh, to getting in the backfield and, and making things difficult.
1: And, you know, they play perennial powerhouse Arkansas State this week. So,
0: you know, we can uh, hopefully get that's some really – not a bad team out of the Sun Belt mean. it's not a bad team out of the Sun Belt. I know yeah. it's Arkansas State. I know I'm going to get laughed at for that. No, but dude, it's, their court, it's, no
1: their quarterback's a dude, man. Their quarterback's, it's not, really a good. Their it's quarterback's not a bad really group. Their quarterback's really good for 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 what they do. He's They're really a good.
0: Well organized team. Yes. All right. You ready to jump into the picks for the week? We, do we not have anything else we wanted to go over from last week? <sighs> Let's just double check here, real quick. Yeah, quickly. please. That felt please. like there might have been other things. Uh,
1: Oregon Oregon bounces back and puts up a 70 burger on someone. I I stand by what I said last week that Oregon Oregon w- collapsed against Auburn. They did not they did not get beat um by a team better than them last Speaking week. Speaking
0: of Auburn, they beat Tulane 24 to 6 and Bo Nix was like Awful. 19 of 37, something along so those bad. lines. So They can't run and, the ball, man. and, and <clears throat> And I know we're not going over the AP top 25 uh, necessarily right now, but they're number eight in the AP top 25. That will certainly change uh, going forward. Washington did fall to California in a super pat 12 after dark as that game got delayed. Yeah, California beat Washington 20 to 19. What? California beat Washington 20 to 19. Jacob Eason threw for only 162 yards.
1: You. Have got to be freaking! There's, there's no way that's. I'm, I'm seriously having a moment of freaking out because I did not know that
0: California beat Washington twenty oh to
1: nineteen. Oh my gosh!
0: Jacob Eason threw for hundred and sixty-two yards. The one game I watched every game Saturday and fell asleep. during You didn't this watch play. this because it delayed. Oh. They probably didn't play this game till six o'clock the next morning. <laughs> this was on NFL Sunday. Yes, on, on, on. Over the weekend, are you? That's serious? why you didn't see this game. Now I don't know what time they oh, started. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. Just, they were delayed though. Oh,
1: a oh, oh, two and a half day. hour delay. That that's why. Oh, okay. Lord. Hey, listen. I am just uh, shocked by this that I didn't listen. see this. That no one mentioned this to me. That I, I just feel okay. Look, I put a lot of prep time into into this stuff. That's I put a lot of time not. in. Oh, <laughs> oh you.
0: You, hey you. Real, listen 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 let's stay on let's stay on track here virginia That's tech beat old dominion 31 to 17 with a fourth quarter touchdown to make it 31 17 it was a little bit better look on offense for virginia tech but nonetheless justin fuente that might be a quiet story of a, of a coach whose seat is starting to heat up how about missouri with a complete 180 this week 38 to 7 win over west virginia Still so have you? Did you hang up?
1: No, no, no. I, I'm so sorry. Repeat that question, man.
0: Missouri with the turnaround over West Virginia. They they oh, lose yeah. last week to Wyoming and then win this week, thirty-eight to seven. Kelly Bryant with one hundred and fifty yards through the air. Um,
1: I was very impressed with the domination that w- that Missouri showed to West Virginia. I think West Virginia may not be a good team, but to bounce back after getting beat, get, losing to Wyoming like they did. It was just good to see them bounce back and win a game.
0: Vanderbilt was very concerning. They lose 42 to 24 to Purdue, and their running back uh, for Vanderbilt, that everybody in the SEC has been like, watch out for that guy. Watch out for Keyshawn Vaughn. Just 56 yards on the ground. I think 3.7 yards per carry. Vanderbilt's got to find a way to get him the ball better than that because uh, that's just, that's not going to cut it. You're going to lose games 42 to 24 a lot. If you're not getting Keyshawn Vaughn the ball in 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 better situations than that,
1: yeah, I think I think we may be
0: looking at another situation where a coach may be getting fired by the end of the year. Could be. Uh, Georgia. Speaking of coaches getting fired, Georgia Tech beat uh, USF fourteen to ten. Georgia Tech gets their first win under Jeff Collins. Good, good for Jeff Collins. Yeah, absolutely. And Charlie Strong could be the guy on the chopping block down there in South Florida, and. And that's very possible because I was speaking to a VSU friend, Valdosta state friend who kind of has a ear down in South Florida in in Orlando with the bulls. And that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of concern that this offensive group just isn't going to catch on to this offense immediately, that it could be the last four or five games of the season before you really start to see it catch on and maybe things start to play a little bit better for South Florida. So, you know, it's, it, the one thing about hiring Kerwin Bell was that this is going to take a while, and it took a while at Valdosta State to implement the offense. It was complicated. I even had players just a couple of weeks ago telling me, yeah, that system was complicated. This one that we've got now at VSU is a little bit more simplistic or whatever, however you want to phrase that. Uh, South Florida could be losing their coach at some point uh, as well. Robin, anything else uh, from the weekend? I know I kind of keep jumping forward here, but no, No, no,
1: it's okay. It's okay. I... I'm really still dumbfounded by the Washington thing <laughs> just because I, I can't believe that slipped through my head Um, because now I'm, now I'm seriously doubting once again, is the pac 12 going to get left out of the playoff again? Like I made an argument today at a lunch table with some friends that I think Oregon, if they go undefeated with their schedule could still be put in the playoff. And someone said, there's no way anyone from the pac 12 is going to get put in. And I was like, man, are you kidding me? Like, you, if Utah goes undefeated, they're going to get in. Like, there's no way that a group, a Power Five conference, with a undefeated record and a conference championships not getting in, and the, just the general consensus of the people who they don't watch football, they don't watch the game like I do or like you do, but they they watch a good bit of games. They all were in a consensus that
0: the Pac-12 is now out completely. And well, I mean, if 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 Washington continues to lose, like if if one team's going to go undefeated the rest of the way and make it in, Washington has to be a really strong victory. Let's just say it's Utah that goes undefeated the rest of the way. Washington and Oregon need to look really good. Arizona State needs to look really good. Uh, Every other team, USC now at this point, and Stanford still has room to go too, all of those teams need to look really, really good so that when Utah is standing on top of the mountain or whoever is standing on top of the mountain, it looks like a mountain instead of an anthill. And losses to California by one point for, for Washington just isn't going to cut it. You can hold a team to 20 points in this day and age in college football. You better be able to beat them. And Jacob Beeson is supposed to have all the talent in the world. You better be able to score more than 19 points against another quality opponent. And California has been building a good defense. I'm not taking anything we, away we from them. We said that. We praised right, that. We did. But we, the point is, is you held that offense for, uh, for California, that's not super great, to 20 points. Score 21 points and win the game. Because, I mean, the the Pac-12 is depending on this right now. And and performances like that, just that's what's going to keep you getting kicked down and keep conversations at lunch tables amongst, you know, just sort of mediocre fans, or not mediocre, but just kind of above average or above casual fans are going to keep laughing at you. you got to have some real players. And and right now, the Pac-12 is struggling to do that.
1: Spencer, usually I'm the one with rants. But that's a great rant and that's very accurate. I you know I agree with you. Um and I, I'm just <sighs> there is a lot of good going on in the in the Pac twelve and because no one gets to watch their games, look, I mean I, I watched every game that I, that could be aired this week and I missed this game. And I'm the one guy who watches everything. I can't even imagine people who don't really watch the games or who try to watch a game every now and then. No one watched this game. No one stayed up to watch was this game.
0: Two-hour delay. There
1: was a two and a half hour delay on the on the West Coast. Um, I agree with you. I, the the Pac-12 is in trouble, and they continue to be in trouble. And I I sat back and I still felt after week one that Oregon was not out of it yet because. Uh. They did look so great, and they, they have they have a they have a tougher schedule, so they can if they win out and they win the conference, then they would have a chance to win the playoff. But if you're if one of those big games that I was banking on ends up losing to a Cal team who may not even make a bowl game this year,
0: like I don't know what I don't know what to expect. If if Cal makes a bowl game, I mean it's six and six, it's seven and five. It's not going to be a, I mean they're not gonna, I, I doubt they're going to be up around nine wins at no. that point.
1: Didn't they lose last week? Didn't Cal I, lose last week? I don't recall, but it doesn't um, matter. Uh, just that's so disappointing. Okay, are you ready to jump into next week's games?
0: Well, next two two other things that yeah, I think please. we might want to touch on. Uh, I felt like Arkansas was going to be much better this year, but they get their brains beat in by Mississippi, thirty-one to seventeen. So awesome. Chad Chad Morris may be in in over his head in the SEC, and then. Uh, North Carolina comes back over Miami, 28-25. Uh, Sam Howell is for real there at North Carolina, especially early in that ball game against Miami. Sam Howell looked for real, and then later on in the game, again, looks for real. Uh, Sam Howell's the dude there for North Carolina, or at, le- at least looks like the dude right now. Um, and I, I think North Carolina might could, at least for a half, give uh, Clemson a little bit of run for their money.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, North Carolina has a big game this upcoming weekend. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I just hope that they continue to, to do well. You know, um, I like Mac Brown a lot. Uh, I, I've talked about this. I think for some reason we praise all these coaches who have won a title and we say they're elite coaches just cause they've won a title. But then we have guys like Gene Chizik who are, who is fired like the next year after winning a title. Um, so I don't know where Mac Brown ranks in all-time coaches but I always th- thought he was a good man and a good dude and so I hope they continue to do well um I don't think this is real though to a certain degree I I think that they are about to play teams when they when they play teams like Virginia or maybe even Virginia Tech or they they come across um Clemson, like I or not, Clemson. Um, obviously Clemson, but like Boston College, I think I think they may I think they may lose games like that, but they have looked really good so far, and I'm happy for them. Um, also just to come back to what I was saying earlier about Cal, Cal beat UC Davis
0: twenty-seven <laughs> thirteen. So, yeah, I mean that offense is not going to score thirty points very often. <laughs>
1: no, they're not. But and go I mean, ahead.
0: Yeah. So I mean, if you're Washington and you're supposed to be an elite team and you're supposed to be competing at the end of the year. You know, you gotta get that win. Jacob Eason wants to play in the NFL. You gotta do more you gotta do better than that, man.
1: I don't think he's going to anymore. But go ahead. Um This week. You, yeah. Was it was there another game?
0: Uh there no more games from last week. This uh this week, North Carolina and Wake Forest on Friday night.
1: Wake Forest, that claw fence, man, looked really good against a really bad rice team. And this will um, be a nice step up
0: for for North for North Carolina. Yes, I mean, they've, yes, they've had quality cause, cause, opponents each week.
1: Yeah, especially this week though, they're they're playing an offense that is fully capable and will put points up if you allow it. So let's see what happens. I'm gonna take Wake. It's a night game at Wake on a Friday night. The student section is gonna be gonna be loud with you know there are hundreds of fans. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna
0: take I'm gonna take Wake over North Carolina. What about you? Give me uh give me the blue. I'll take my oh, brown maybe. Let's go. Let's go. Do you um, want to pick the Washington State Houston game? No, not on really. Friday night?
1: No, I, I I need Houston to win a freaking game before I pick any of their games again.
0: Georgia but, over Arkansas State, baby. Give it to me.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to say Georgia, I'm not keeping documentation of this pick. I, I'll take I'll take Georgia. I also I'll say this. I think Georgia covers the the, the, the line is thirty
0: five. I think they cover. Tennessee gets off the snide this week. Chattanooga, baby. Let's go, Tennessee.
1: Oh yeah, big. You know, we are going to pick this game just because just because it's it's been so bad for them. Uh, yeah, I they they, they win this game. Like, they, Chattanooga does they not. better have- win
0: this game. Oh my gosh! If they, Jeremy Pruitt won't make it out of Neyland Stadium if he doesn't.
1: No, hundred percent. Three straight games at home, and we are wor- We not that we're genuinely worried, but there is a small tingle in your brain that they may lose this game. <laughs> All right, ne- next game.
0: Uh, Mississippi State, Kansas State, in Starksville, Davis Wade Stadium, 12 o'clock.
1: Well, um, Tuami Stevens may be out.
0: Yeah, I saw where he's got an injury.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I guess there's no Keaton Thomas there for them either. I don't know who the quarterback is. I'm, I'm going to go KSU. Yeah, yeah, oh.
1: It's a day game. Like, if, if it was a night game, and the way Kansas State plays, just that slow, methodical, like, we're just going to hit, we're just going to hit, we're just going to hit, and we're just going to grind down the field three. It's almost like they play three yards in a, what is it, three yards in a um, uh, cloud of dust. Cloud of dust. Like, they're going to continue to play that. They'll air it out a couple times. But a 12 o'clock game, Mississippi State's lost two of their best players, possibly for the year. Yeah, give me Kansas State, man.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what the status is of Keaton Thomas, if if he's available or if he's not. There and if Tommy Stevens isn't available, then there's two freshmen and a junior. And I know nothing about Logan Burnett, so You know you want to. Is there a line? Do we have a line? Do you see what the line is?
1: Um No, I don't have a line.
0: Mm. Ouch. Ouch! 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 Give me Mississippi State, man. I think uh, I'm gonna buy into Joe Moorhead. Give me MSU, baby. Plus, um, we need to have some differentials in our picks.
1: Well, I won that last week. That's um, fine. Hold on, I'm, I'm looking up the line right now. By the way, so you, if 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 this will help you, um, and this is great podcasting. Uh, it really is. I think so. No, no. no. Gosh. I thought I had the line. I thought you did too. Oh, here it is. Odds. Um Kansas State is, or Mississippi State is the eight and a half point favorite.
0: Eight and a half point?
1: Yeah. That's too close for me. I'm I'm gonna go KSU.
0: With everything okay. they're missing. Yeah. Give me um uh, Mississippi State. Okay. I'll, Let's I'll go. stick with them. Next. All right, uh, next on the list, Georgia Tech and the Citadel. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Stanford, UCF? Stanford, UCF, yes, correct. 330, Spectrum (sighs) Stadium, Orlando, Florida. Give me
1: the Golden Knights of Central Florida. They are playing a big boy. This is the first time a big boy is coming to town. This is what I would consider a blue blood program. Coming down to Florida for the first time, they're coming across country. It's a three thirty game. That means it's roughly going to be 12-30 in, in the bodies of Stanford players. Um, dude, they're going to be so hyped with their 9,000-capacity qu- stadium. Um, Wimbush, the fact that they have Wimbush is what I think is the deciding factor here. Wimbush has played big games. He has played Stanford before. He knows what kind, what kind of team to expect. I'm gonna go Knights, and I actually think they they may run away with this game late.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard uh, to really know what you're gonna get out of Stanford's offense in terms of who's the quarterback, where what's the status of KJ Costello. So uh, all of those things are are kind of up in the air. But uh, Brandon Wimbush just 52% pass completion right now, and and really Dylan Gabriel has been the better quarterback for them. He's got five touchdown passes. I'm not sure if there's a an injury to Brandon Wimbush or or what? But Dylan Gabriel has been the better quarterback for them, uh, at least in what I'm looking at. 32 attempts versus Brandon's uh, 23. So, I, you know what? I'm just going to continue to be, you know, off the Robbie train here. I'm going to uh, give me Stanford. Jeez, you're so stubborn with Stanford. You're well, so I, I, stubborn. I, I really, I really am. I really. And, am. There's no if-ands or buts about that. There's no real two ways around it. There's just something about that cardinal red. David Shaw, you have a man crush on David Shaw.
1: Um, Also, just
0: that's Rich Eisen does too, by the way. So fun fact about
1: Dylan Gabriel, backup quarterback at UCF, was going what the last week going into signing day in December, uh, took an official visit, was flown to Georgia, was shown the facility, was given all the bells and whistles, and was incredibly close to signing with the Dogs. Um, but then they found out that we that Georgia um, was going to be getting um, uh, our backup quarterback. Um, to, to oh, Mathis Mathis, DeJuan Mathis, um, that he he got word that we were going to sign DeJuan Mathis from out of Ohio State, and so he decided to go to UCF. Um, just to also throw some stuff out there, um, on the twenty four seven composite, um, UCF is fifty two in um in their player ranking and stanford is 20 so you know that doesn't necessarily mean
0: too much but i just well, thought i'd right well I'm, give me stanford then so yeah let's go that just kind of reassures what i wanted to do there all right uh usc and byu in lavelle <laughs> edwards stadium there in provo i guess that's provo utah is that right yep who you like here? mm you do you. Do you really want to take BYU? I mean, they just they just had a sixty-four yard play with six seconds left to beat Tennessee. Give me the Trojans. I just, I think I'm just a fan of Zach Wilson.
1: Um, that kid may not put up four hundred plus yards a game. He's not gonna. He's not gonna throw for seven touchdowns. But I just was so impressed with him in those final moments of the Tennessee game, just like, I mean, how many times have we seen these kind of moments where a, a far inferior team has an opportunity, but they can't get it done because the quarterback throws it away or he gets sacked or he's just unaware of what's going on. And this kid, this kid scrambles. He, he takes it. He takes the hit and he throws the a beautiful pass to a wide open BYU receiver 60 for, for 65 yards to get them in range to win the game. Um, I, I'm going to go USC. I just, it being at BYU just kind of makes me think this game may and they're coming off a huge win. They they have some confidence. I, I, I'm just I, I'm just saying the, the game might be close. That's all that's all I'm gonna say. So
0: all right, so you're taking USC? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna take USC. I'm just saying it'll be close.
0: Okay, <laughs> give me Michigan State over Stanford. Michigan State is averaging three point one yards per carry on the line on uh, uh, for for rushing, six two hundred and sixty two yards through two games. Uh, Jaden Daniels has been good, but now he's about to step into something a whole lot different here with Michigan State. So uh, give me, give me Michigan State mm. to kind of avenge last year's surprise attack from Herm Edwards. Yeah, I'm starting to think that this is
1: going to be one of those Michigan State teams that everyone fears by the end of the season, and um, this I think it's a bounce back year for them. And so I'm going Michigan State, and uh, again I'm going to praise their defense that is disgusting, and. Dude, they're pitching a shutout too, I think. Um I would not be surprised if they don't pitch a shutout against Arizona State.
0: I just wanted to throw that out there. Um uh, they've they've allowed a total of 24 points in two okay. games. Okay, 24 points in two games. Okay. Um No big deal. I mean, Yeah, no, no,
1: no, no. I know. Uh, but I'm 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 just really high on them right now.
0: So You know what I really like for ESPN to do is when they put stats up is to to add defensive stats, too. I agree that with that. Be, that. I agree completely. Okay. Um,
1: the, the I mean, the, the biggest game of the week, probably, um, just because of what it could mean, uh, the battle in names Iowa. Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa State actually historically has not done well in this game against Iowa. It does not matter how good, despite how good their team is, they do not play well against Iowa. And I think it's because of the way that Iowa plays the game. I am going to take Iowa State, but this is possibly my least confident pick of the week.
0: Yeah, give me uh, give me Iowa. Uh, I like the way that they've played. Obviously, it's hard to judge how somebody does against Rutgers because right now Rutgers is in such a, a bad spot, but I like the way uh, Iowa plays the game. I've not really enjoyed the way Iowa State has started off. I was really high on them uh, to begin the season, but here, as of late, it just is not. It's just not materialized. I've not liked what, how they've kind of started off, and and the fact that they've lost what they lost on offense seems to be playing a part, which makes plenty of sense. So I don't necessarily want to say that I'm completely bailing on Iowa State, but at least in this non-conference game, uh, I like Iowa. Yeah, them having a bye week kind of gives
1: me also a little bit more confidence in picking them. Just, you played really bad. You now have a bye week to get things right, and now your your rival is coming to town. So, all right. Um, what, what's the next game on your docket? Florida, Kentucky. If Terry Wilson was playing, I would pick Kentucky. But because he's now out for the year,
0: you don't like Sawyer Smith.
1: I just don't know him. I know he came from Troy. I know he. Yeah, man, he came from Troy, dude. I know he's probably got some talent, but man, you're, you're, I mean, Florida is going to be, dude, they are going to have so much blood and they're going to have blood in their mouths just chomping at the bit to play this game because of what happened last year. I'm, I'm going, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go Florida. I, I'm not, if Terry Wilson was playing, I would pick Kentucky, but because he's not, I'm picking Florida.
0: What about you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to, I mean, as, as much as I was kind of getting up on, uh, What's his name? There, they do have a win over Nebraska under Sawyer Smith there at uh, at Troy, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to it's it's hard to jump on that train at this point. I think Kentucky's played well, but uh, yeah, give me give me Florida.
1: Their defense is a lot better than I thought it was going to be based off who they lost last year, but their offense is still not impressive. All right.
0: Anybody else?
1: Oh yeah, man. Um I mean let's go Clemson to Syracuse just
0: just for Clemson. Just... Clemson. All you think the way. it's close? Nope. Nope. Okay. It, all right. if, if, is twenty four to ten close? Do you consider this weekend close with, with Texas A&M? No. Because I watched the game and it wasn't close at all. I think it could be something like that. It could be something like twenty eight to ten if Syracuse were to play their best ball. And Clemson's still sort of figuring things out about you know specific little small things that they're still working on, and so it doesn't it it's a dominant game. They kind of keep Syracuse at bay. Uh, and I, heck, we're giving Syracuse a lot of credit right now. They just got ran up and down on by Maryland. Travis so Etienne is is licking his chops. So uh, Clemson, and it's not close.
1: Just doomsday scenario of Syracuse beats Clemson. Not only does that shake up Clemson, but do does that skyrocket Maryland? Sure, you know, you know, just but anyway, it's not going to happen. I, I can, I'm very confident in the fact that Clemson is about to about to handle business. Um, now this this completely changes. Um, not cha- it does not completely change, but Hawaii at Washington last game we'll pick, I guess. Um, I mean, the easy answer is Washington, but. Hawaii is 2-0 and against Power 5 teams. Not great Power 5 teams. It's still Power 5 teams. Washington's coming off a horrible loss again again to the hands of Cal.
0: Yeah, I don't think Chris Peterson's going to lose two in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thank you for saying that. Yep, yep, you're right. You're right. I'm just—
0: I'm How much just... of a chance does Florida State have with Virginia? They can score points. They can score points. It's, can, I don't they think think score, it's can they score for two right? halves? Can they score for two halves, though? That's... like right, no, I... Yeah, no, completely understand. Uh, but they can score points. It's, it's, it's kind of come down to the fact that can they get stops. You know what? FSU. I'm picking FSU. Because that's just freaking how college football
1: works. And I'm high on Virginia. And I pick them to win their division. And watch. FSU will have been a running joke for two weeks against subpar opponents or not subpar opponents, but just non-respectable opponents to probably these guys. and now they're playing a big boy, they're playing a conference a conference game, a game that really does dictate their season and watch they'll come out and just ball. They're here, actually, hold on, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I forgot. Florida State has an abysmal offensive line and Virginia has a great
0: defensive line. I'm going Virginia. but but I, ladies and gentlemen, exhibit A to Robbie's brain. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, t- tell me you don't think that could happen, though. Like, FSU no, I, could just— it's, it's college football. You're absolutely right. Missouri just got their brains blown in by Wyoming and just came back the next week and beat the crap out of uh, West Virginia. It's not its not the biggest swing in the history of the world, but it's—I mean, that's college football for you. That's college football. But I mean, uh, Army was a field goal away from beating— uh, beating Michigan in in regulation this weekend. I mean, what BYU upsets Tennessee on a sixty-four yard pass play with six yeah. seconds remaining on the game or to force it to overtime to then upset uh Tennessee. Dude, so on on the twenty four seven
1: player composite, I'm gonna start using this moving forward. Florida State is number six. They have they have dudes on this team Their their coaching just kind of. And that's why Florida State is turned.
0: That's why the fan base is turned upside down right now.
1: In Virginia, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling.
0: I'm scrolling. Still scrolling. Bryce Perkins should have his own ranking in his own spot. They're 59. FSU is six in player composite rankings,
1: and Virginia is 59. But which coaching staff do you trust
0: more right now? 100% hundred percent. That's obviously a big a, a big a big deal. Hundred percent Bronco. You give that staff to Bronco Mendenhall, and he's probably winning a national championship with it.
1: Dude, here's the funny thing, though. Just really quickly, Virginia has one four star on their team and seventy seven three stars. Freaking FSU has five five stars, thirty six four stars.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 organizational. I mean it's all 100%. about coaching. In, in college football. I mean Ron Zook was a good recruiter at Florida uh, after 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 Steve Spurrier. And then and then what's his name goes off and wins with the majority of Ron Zook players. Like all like it it Matt, coaching is the second thing after recruiting in college football and I bet on certain teams in certain cases it's more than recruiting.
1: Yes. I mean look at look at Syracuse Syracuse has had. We'll look a, at Virginia
0: and Florida State as well.
1: That's true. I mean, I was just gonna say, Dino Babers has never had higher than a fifty than fifty-one recruiting class at Syracuse, and yet he said he last year was ten and two. Paul you know? Johnson.
0: Paul Johnson oh. was always stupid competitive. Absolutely, and with I'm a, with a with a no better than forty-fifth ranked recruiting class.
1: And I'm a huge Georgia fan, but I will defend Paul Johnson till the day I die. <laughs> I really will. Um, okay, uh, so I guess the last game, just to to close this out. I mean, we have to. I think it's. We have to mention TCU at Purdue. <sighs> I think this could be one of the best games to watch to, uh, on Saturday. I think this could be super entertaining. I think a ton of points are going to get scored.
0: Tell me something about TCU because I unfortunately at this moment know zilch.
1: Um. Well, let me go ahead and tell you their their composite ranking. Um. They are. Yes. 30- now that
0: that's your new favorite thing.
1: I just I, I think it's super interesting. This is the first time they've done this. And so it's just interesting to look at talent pools connected or uh, you know associate with each other. Um TCU is thirty first. Um Purdue is –
0: TCU's played one game against Arkansas Pine Bluff.
1: Purdue is uh fifty first. Um Purdue did not look great, but then they didn't they beat just beat the brakes off into Vanderbilt. Yeah. They they beat Vanderbilt 42-24. I'm man, I kind of want to pick Purdue cuz it's at Purdue. It's a night game. They're playing a big boy like Let let yeah, let's go. Let's go Boilermakers. I I want to be a I believe in Jeff Brom. I'm sticking on that train even though
0: yeah, let's go
1: Purdue. Let's get it.
0: I was high on uh TCU, but Noah, but Elijah Sindelar has 932 yards through 2 games. And nine touchdowns, in two games. Cool. And 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 TCU's only played one game, so uh, I'll go Purdue as well. Let's go, man.
1: I, I, man, I'm starting to think more and more. Okay, so those are our games. Um, just to recap, I'm taking Wake. You're taking UNC. We're both taking Tennessee. I'm taking Kansas State. You're taking Mississippi State. I'm taking Central Florida. You're taking Stanford. We're both taking USC. Um. You are – we're both taking Michigan State. Um, I'm taking Iowa State. You're taking Iowa. You are taking – we're both taking Florida. We're both taking Clemson. We're both taking Washington. We're both taking Virginia, and we're both taking Purdue. Big question, big picture, just really quickly because I asked you to do this, and then we're going to get out of here.
0: What are your top six teams right now? No different than what the AP has. Clemson, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State – I want Wisconsin and Utah to be a part of that. But in the world of college football as we know it right now, you've got to be able to score points. You've got to be able to get into a bit of a back and forth, a shootout, LSU Texas there, uh, national championships between Auburn and, and Clemson. You've got to be able to get into a shootout and do that. We know Ohio State is is built for all the points that they've scored. Oklahoma's had scored all the points that they have. LSU obviously just got into a back and forth and I trust Georgia, Bama and Clemson in that situation as well. I like Wisconsin and Utah, but I don't know if I can trust them when it comes to getting into a shootout. Utah has been stupidly efficient on offense. I think they have no sacks and no turnovers on offense. So I trust their offense. I just don't know if I trust it enough to go toe to toe shootout with LSU, with Oklahoma. I would love for that to be the case, but I don't know. So I'm going to stick with what they have, but I like Wisconsin. I like Utah. There's a few other teams that I like as well, but those were the two notable ones that I really battled because I kind of wanted to put them in. But I ultimately thought I trust Lincoln Riley. I trust Ryan Day and, and Justin Fields at least at this moment if uh, if it came to shootout time. Mine are um – um.
1: I'm just wrestling with the order for a second in my head. I'm I'm going to go Clemson, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Um, it the only reason why I have LSU above the only reason why I have LSU above Bama and Georgia and Ohio State is because they have played someone of that they could
0: show their talent. And Joe Joe Burrow just threw for four hundred and fifty some odd yards. <clears throat> 100%. Last year we would have laughed at somebody to say Joe Burrow was going to throw for four hundred and something yards in a game. That yep. wasn't against, you know, West Directional School of you yeah. know Montana Utah. State.
1: Yeah, I, and I so I, I j- look my list, and we're going to keep we're going to do this like every two weeks or something like that. But I, my list is going to continue to be fluid. This is just how I feel right now. I think LSU is the most impressive team in the country based on who who has played who right now. Um, here's something else though. I think Georgia, Georgia has an awesome opportunity in two weeks to skyrocket in my list because they play Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not going to lose this week. Neither is Georgia. So, you know, it, it, it will be another opportunity to show an impressive win. Bama has, has to wait like a month before they play somebody to prove that. Um, but here's something else, and this is just a thought, okay? Maryland, I think Maryland has a strong argument based off of they, if they can keep this going for the next couple weeks. I think Maryland has a strong argument for why for for being in the top ten.
0: And yeah, I mean, hell, if we're putting if we're putting stinking Auburn in the top ten right now, hell yeah, Maryland has a Florida. chance for a top ten. If if Florida, yeah, yeah, if
1: Florida and Auburn, if Florida and Auburn can be in the top ten, I think Maryland, dude. I'm looking at I'm looking at this right now. They are. If I can do some quick math, they have won their games by a total of 143 points to 20. In two games, yeah, yes, yes, I understand. Howard, they played Howard University, but they and Syracuse may have been not as good as we thought. But just like I said earlier, that's not the point. They beat this team by forty-three points. They beat a group. They beat a power-five team, a ten-and-two team last year by forty-three points. They have Temple this week, which is not going to show us a lot. But then they have a bye week, and then they have Penn State at home. And that will be where we see truly how good they are. But I, I just think if they if they beat Temple this week going into their bye week, I think I think people should respect Maryland enough to put them closer to the top ten than the twenty three or whatever that they're ranked right twenty one that they're ranked right now. Um, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, there's there's and I'll, I'll be the broken record. There's plenty of time for everybody. hundred um, percent. Just win your games, and it doesn't matter. Right. So just win um, your games. But yeah. Um Maryland's one of the teams outside the top ten that could get in soon. Uh, Wisconsin is another team outside the top ten that could see themselves in there real quick. And and if UCF can get an impressive win uh this weekend, maybe they could see their, their names in, in the top ten at some point soon.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I this the Big Ten may be a lot better than people thought it was gonna be, including myself. So I'm um, gonna wrap it up. Yeah, man, let's let's get out of here. Um, as I, I'll let you close this out, but I just want to say, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate
0: you listening to you guys who just like to babble about football. So thank you. Yep, thanks for joining us and uh, participating in a rich tradition college football podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review. He's Robbie Stelton Bull. I'm Spencer Van Horn. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. You stay classy, Podcast Land.